Midnight in Karachi with Mahavish Murad on Tour.com. Joining me today is Hugo Award winning writer Thomas Olde Hevelt. Did I get that right? Thomas? perfectly. Thank you. I'm trying very hard here. Whose new novel, Hex, is out soon. Thomas has been nominated for multiple Hugo Awards, winning one for his novelette, The Day the World Turned Upside Down. He's also won the Paul Holland Prize in 2005, 2009, and 2012. Did I get those dates right? I think so, yes. That's for Best Dutch Fantasy. That's correct. Yeah. So welcome to Midnight in Karachi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, is it true that you wrote your first novel at the age of 16? Because, you know, I, yeah, yeah, a I lot of, go ahead. 16. Yeah, right. a lot of people start writing early. Not many of them end up with that first novel published. I mean, how did that happen? I was very lucky, I guess. I mean, I published it when I was 18, just out of high school. Um, I had this kid in class who had a dad who was a publisher. And it was just by accident, basically. They read it. They liked it a lot. They offered me a contract. And there it was. That sounds like a dream come true. I never had that whole struggle with, you know, sending in stuff, getting rejection slips and all that. It was just, I was very lucky. Yeah. An exception to the rule, basically. But were you just, I mean, always going to be a writer? This is what you were going to be. Were you ever going to be or were you anything else ever? No, actually, I wanted to be an airline pilot, but I just, you know, as a kid, I um, I loved flying, I loved airplanes, and I loved air crashes, and I had a whole um, album full of newspaper clippings of planes that had crashed. That's a little worrying. Yeah, where that love for the dark comes from. But my mom was seeing those, seeing those, uh, those clippings that I always used to collect. She was like, "Nah, let's not do that." <laughs> so I just wrote down my wrote down my fantasies instead, and that's how I how it got to be. Tell me about that first novel. Did it change much from when you first started writing it to when it was published? Uh, not that much. I mean, it was a kind of a small publishing house. Uh, it was a commercial with a small one. Um, and it was only with my third novel that I actually went through a real rigorous editing process and where I learned the most from. So, no, the first novels were, you know, they were pretty much fun. But whenever I look back at them right now, I mean, I'm proud of them. You know, at age 16, I wrote that first one, the second one at age 20 or so. Uh, and I'm proud of that accomplishment. But it's... You know, as if you're looking at these old pictures from your youth and you think, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm much happier about my new books, actually. Right. Well, of course. I mean, you should be. Otherwise, you know, how does a writer grow? But are you embarrassed by the old ones or are they just sort of, you know, they were just part of your process and getting to where you are now? Yeah, I wouldn't say embarrassed. No, I, I, it's it's all part of a process. But um, I'm happy that, you know, my La only my last novel, Hex, has been uh, published internationally now. Uh, and that, I, I mean, you know, whenever you're 16, 17, 18, you have your first book written, you have all those ideas and you had, you know, I'm going to be famous, I'm going to be the next Stephen King, I'm, you know. Uh, but, of course, it never works like that. Right. Um, right. And <laughs> you kind of, you know, uh, reset your goals as you go along. And, and um, so I'm happy it happened with this book, not with the first ones. Now, you've been writing novels and short fiction side by side. Has that been a constant in your career, writing both? Yes, I love both, actually. Uh, they're two, two totally different art forms. Um, I happen to be um, 
have some experience in both of them, happen to be quite successful in both actually. And I'm really happy about that because, you know, a story dictates its own length. Um, and whether it becomes a novel or whether it becomes a, a short story, you never really can tell beforehand. Um, but, you know, writing short fiction is one of my favorite. Um, and it's not really easier than writing a novel. I mean, if you look at that short story that won the Hugo Award, um, that was like 10,000 words and it took me six months to write. Whereas Hacks, the, the full novel, that's, um, I think, 120,000 words and it took me four months to write. Really? Was it that fast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if it's a short story, that doesn't mean it's, go it's going faster. I wish it would, but... Do you ever use your short stories, various forms of short stories, whether short stories or novels or novellas or novelettes, which is another category, of course. Do you ever use yeah. them to work through ideas that may turn into novels or are both forms very different and unique to you? No, they're both very different. Um, I... An idea dictates itself how long it's going to be. Um, you start writing on it, you start um, plotting it out, and it it will dictate how long it will be. And and I, I, I never intertwine them. I never um, use the one to get into the other, if that makes sense. Right. So you separate them right at the beginning. You know what it's going to be. I'm just wondering what the process of doing that is like based on the ideas that you have. Yeah, it's, it's in the... At, in the stage of getting the idea that you kind of feel, you know, this is such a strong idea, but I can only work that out so long. This just happens to be one one thing. You know, the big difference between a short story and a novel is in a short story, it's always about one epiphany, one character that needs to find one big thing, or right. you know, like, and in a novel, it's much more complicated than that. And as if you have an idea that's really strong, and that um, but that works best with just that one idea, that one happening, that one discovery or whatever it is, uh, you know it's going to be a short story. What was your original premise for Hex? Well, I wanted to write a book about a witch. Um, I guess since I was totally freaked out by uh, reading uh, Roald Dahl's novel, The Witches, you're probably familiar with it, um, the Witches is, you know, a children's classic, of course. And my babysitter told me that story when I was seven years old. And then she took me to the cinema because the, the movie adaptation of it was just out. And it has that scene with Angelica Huston in it, who plays the Grand High Witch. And she takes off her mask. You probably know that scene, right? Right, yes. Yeah. And it, burnt I mean, into everyone's brain. Exactly, yeah. And, and you know, when you're seven years old, and it, it, this is like 1990, so it's pre-CGI, um, and you're not used to a lot of stuff, and it's totally creepy. <laughs> and um, so ever since then, um, I, I think for six months in a row, I was totally traumatized, and I saw witches everywhere, and I, you know, didn't trust any women anymore. And it turned winter, and everyone was wearing gloves, of course, so you can imagine how old winter was. Right. Um, but ever since then, I wanted to write a book about a uh, witch. Um, a witch in a what, what if that would happen you know close to home in a small town near where I used to live so so the premise was about there's this Dutch town which is haunted day and night by a witch a 17th century witch whose eyes are sewn shut and um, the elders of the town have quarantined it because they want you know they don't want the curse to spread outside 
but the town's teenagers they want to they, they they hate this lockdown situation they're in and they take this curse and they, they take this situation and they want to go viral with it online uh, you know make it known to the world so they can be be free but in doing so um they send the town into you know spiraling into very dark times and um uh that was my basic basic premise yeah, Hex is creepy as all hell. It's given me a couple of nights of, you know, sleeplessness. Uh, I have to admit to you, and I'm admitting this to everyone else who's listening also, last night when I was locking up my house and, you know, going into bed, like, in the dark, I kind of, like, ran into my bedroom and slammed the door shut. Uh, because you sometimes get that sudden feeling that something you've been reading about is actually there. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I love those. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got... Hundreds of those from readers in the Netherlands and Belgium, and I'm really looking forward to see if it, you know, the book does the same to American and UK readers. Yeah, well, or Hex, yeah, Hex was translated into English by uh, a woman called Nancy Forrest Flyer. Am I right? Yeah, Nancy Forrest Flyer. Yeah, Flyer. Let me see. I, I knew I'd get at least one name wrong, um, but <laughs> but I believe you rewrote it for the English language market, and then she translated it, and then you worked again on the translated version as well. What was that entire yes. process like? It was, it took me a lot more time than actually writing the book itself. <laughs> uh, like I said, the writing the book was about four months and this whole translation and reworking process was about, you know, it took about a year. So it was very time consuming. You know, the reason that, why I did it is that, um, you know, Hex is a scary story. It's a horror novel. And um, to really thoroughly scare your readers, you kind of have to create this, this, you know, this perfect sense of familiarity in a story, and then rip it to pieces. You know, like, like do, grab the reader by the throat because everything is so familiar and known, and they're hooked. And then you rip it to pieces and scare the hell out of them. And I felt that, um, you know, if I read a book with a setting that sets, you know, someplace I don't know about. Um, that's fine. That's nice. I, I read a lot of novels because, you know, I'm Dutch and I, you know, 90% of the books I read come from abroad. So uh, I'm kind of used to that. Uh, but in popular fiction, when I, when I want to be scared, you know, I don't want to think. I just want to go through his emotion. I just, just want to, you know, feel scared. And, and if you don't create a perfect sense of familiar, familiarity, it doesn't work. So that's why I figured, you know, uh, if I reset the story to America, People will probably get a, you know, an easier sense of familiarity, and they, they get hooked e- more easily um, because otherwise they're worrying about you know what does it look like there, what what is the norm for these people? I don't know about the place. How do you actually pronounce their names? You know uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And bang, your yeah. familiarity is gone. So I'm I felt that would kind of miss the opportunity to make them scream at night. You know. Yeah. Well, the other so thing, of course, yeah. by sending it in a town in America is, for example, me, a Pakistani reading it in Karachi. We've all given imperialism the way it is, you know, from the West. We've all grown yeah. up with a lot of American TV. So even if you're yeah. not in America, uh, a lot becomes familiar. It's odd, right? Like, it's still familiar to me, though. I mean, I've never lived in, in, in right. you know, America. Popular novels, you read all the popular films. Right. You see. That's where it's. And it's not necessarily the way it should be or I don't think it, it's, it's you know... Um, yeah, it's not a good thing necessarily, but it is the status quo. Exactly. And you got to go with that. And it's kind of telling that 
Um, you know, the book has now been sold to, I think, 10 publishers in 10 different countries, uh, in Brazil and China, France, all sorts of countries. And we both, we offered both, all the publishers, both editions, both the Dutch one and the American one. And they all uh, chose the American one. So that's kind of telling, I think. Yeah. yeah. Which in a way is kind of sad because you want that market to develop beyond what is familiar to them. Um, but I guess it's a slow process and maybe it just takes, you know, baby steps to do so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't think necessarily it's a bad thing. Um, it's, you know, when you have a scary story, the purpose of that story is to entertain and to scare people. And it's different when you have, you know, um, a literary novel that wants you to teach something about a certain culture or something. Um, um, so for this purpose, I think it, it, it's fine to do that. Yeah. And given certain kinds of scares transcend any culture, I mean, if you're looking at visceral fear, really, it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the major differences between the Dutch version and the English version are you know, things like, okay, fine, the original hex was set in a small Dutch town. Uh, but were there other little things you had to change as well? There's many. It, it's a totally different book. It's a total rewrite of the book because um, um, it's not only changing names and changing the culture because that wouldn't work. Uh, it's the whole cultural background um, you know, in the original, she was a 17th century Dutch woman. Uh, in the new version, uh, she's one of the Dutch settlers that came on the ships to uh, the new land, to the promised right. land. So her um, entire backstory changes as well. The entire backstory changes, all the historical details changes, the, su the, the superstitions people have changed, but also all the little cultural, um, you know, normalities and abnormalities that you have in Holland and in the States, they, they differ. And uh, I was happy that, I mean, I've been to the States many times. I've lived in Ottawa for a while in Canada, and uh, I've known, the, uh, I, I know the region where the book sets in the Hudson Valley of New York. Um, but I was happy to work together with both my editor and the translator who are both from that region, um, that they could actually help me get all the details right. Right, so that's an interesting, it's a kind of almost a collaborative process then. It was, it was, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, there's an instance, for instance, in, in the Dutch book where the witch, I mean, she totally appears randomly wherever she wants. And sometimes she ends up in kind of, you know, funny spaces that she didn't intend to. She turns up into this cavity wall in the Dutch version. And cavity walls are in, in Holland. Um, in old houses, you have thick walls and with thick spaces between the inner and the outer wall. Right. Uh, so she appears in, in, the, in the cavity between the walls. And the, the you know, the, the woman who lives there only finds out because the, door, the dog is throwing himself against the wall of the time and barking. Um, and, but in America, these houses aren't built like that. So that's the kind of detail that needs to change. And that's all throughout. There's zillions of these, these instances that you need to change it. So we changed it into a broom closet instead. Yeah. There's always the broom closet. Always, yeah, effective. Always. always effective. Everyone knows what those are, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of fitting with the witch, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but I've got to ask, you mentioned a little earlier that the, uh, the, uh, the original, let me, for lack of a better word, the original hex took about four months to write. And the rewrite yeah. took much longer. Um, and I'm calling it a rewrite, rewrite slash translation uh, took a lot longer. Tell me, is your writing process generally that fast? I mean, writing an entire novel in four months is, you know, no mean feat. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, 
it, it, it differs a bit. Um, usually, when I'm in a when I'm on a um, then what's the word? Let me uh, let's You're on go a back. roll. On a roll. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll do it again. Uh, no, it it differs a bit. Um, usually, when I'm on a roll, then I you know I go really fast and I can write you know a, a novel in a couple of months. But then with me. There's a lot of time in between um, book parts or, um, uh, or, or just different novels. I mean, um, the, the novel I published before Hex uh, was published in 2011, I think, uh, Hex itself in 2014. And now the new one um, is not published yet because I'm still working on it. Uh, also because I've been so work, uh, tangled up in the um, translation process of Hex itself. Uh, so I write fast, but I write with big gaps in between. Okay. Now Hex is also being developed into a TV series, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Are you involved in the writing of the screenplay? Not in the screenplay. I do have a consultancy agreement. Um, Warner Bros. bought the movie, uh, the TV rights, and I got this consultancy agreement, which is basically a whole package of paper that, at least my agent told me, it says that, because it's, it's so complicated stuff, of course. And my agent says that I kind of have the, um, you know, uh, the right to uh, watch over the storyline to be there on set when they start filming it and stuff. I won't be involved in writing screenplay, because <coughs> I think that's, again, a totally different art form, and i rather leave that to the people who are practiced in that. Right. Uh, but I really look forward to seeing what they come up with. Um, yeah. You can take it in so many directions, and I'd love to see what they'll do. Does it make you nervous to know that it may just end up being, you know, almost a different version of the story that was yours? Because sometimes book-to-screen adaptations are ge you know, genuinely different stories altogether. They are, but I, I, I kind of like that. Um, you know, whenever you have an adaptation of your work, it, it, it will always be a collaboration. Right. Uh, right. Or, you know, an, an interpretation of someone else. Uh, my um, book in the Netherlands... There was a stage play uh, based on the uh, a prequel I wrote for it, a short story prequel to Hex, okay. uh, which set in the 17th century. And they performed a stage play, and it was really amazing with like 90, a cast of 90 actors, and there were horses and, and wolf dogs and uh, birds of prey. They were, they were trained. And we didn't, this mangled bog body that was part of it. It was pretty cool. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, it ended up really nicely uh, but different than i had in mind but that's fine that that's that's what you get when when you know you have an adaptation of your work it's always a collaboration and i right. it, you know it's nice to have others interpret your work in their own ways in their own yeah. views and it's nice to see or be part of or witness someone else's vision of your work as it were yeah and sometimes you're really happy with it and sometimes you're not and that's just part of the deal i guess yeah yeah, it is. So now you write primarily in Dutch or only in Dutch? I used to write primarily in Dutch. Uh, I'm still writing my new novel in Dutch. Um, but since the, um, the translation process of both my short stories and the novel, of course, um, I've been starting to write in English as well. I never dared to do that before because 
it's not my native tongue. And I mean, I studied English and English literature and American literature. So um, I can, you know, easily, you know, um, read and make myself clear in English. But I wouldn't want to write a novel in English, I think. Except now, since I've been doing that a bit with, you know, the translation of my right. short stories. I mean, I haven't translated those myself, but I always rework it totally in my own voice because my voice in English is a bit different than my voice in Dutch. Um, so it's I'm kind of getting into it, and it's quite fun to do, actually. And, and when I read the translation of Hex, which was done brilliantly, by the way, um, I reworked that as well. And then I decided to rewrite the last couple of chapters because I didn't like the ending anymore. So I came up with a different ending, and I wrote that whole ending in English. Uh, and it was the first time I actually wrote fresh fiction in English. And I think it worked really well because I was so so much into it because of the whole editing process already. Right. So in a way, this translation and reworking process has kind of helped move you to write in both languages. Yes, I think so. And I might even try at some point to write a novel in English. That'll be, that'll be interesting. Now, of course, I'm wondering what the Dutch hex is like that I'll never get a chance to read. Because <laughs> it seems like a whole other book. It, it It is a different book, but I, I really think that the English version, it has become a better book. And I've actually had a few Dutch reviewers who read both. Right. And they concluded that the English version was actually a better book. So really happy with that. So I should feel, you know, glad that I get to read yeah. that one instead. All right. Now, what's the toughest short story you've written? The one that's been hardest to form into what you envisioned it to be? Who I think it was the day the world turned upside down, the one that won the Hugo. Right. Um, the other shorts, I mean, I, I was nominated for a Hugo for the Boy of Gassner Shadow. Yeah. Um, and that's one of my favorite stories, and I wrote that in four days. Um, and the other short story that you might have heard of is The Ingredients of Doi Saket, which said it's a story about, you know, the myths and magic of uh, Thai Buddhist culture. Um, and um, I wrote that in two weeks, I think. So those are pretty fast. Um, but the day the world turned upside down was a really hard one, and and I, it took me about six months to finish it. Also because a personal one, I wrote that after. Um, it, it's about it's, it's about you know, the world that turns up upside down for this guy. It happens literally because gravity turns around. When It's not a science fiction story. It's more a magical realist story uh, because his internal world has turned upside down because um, his relationship has just broken up and he's so sad about that. And for him, literally, it feels like the world turns upside down. And in that setting with, you know, literally hanging from Earth's surface, basically, he has to bring the goldfish back to his uh, ex-girlfriend. That's what the story is about. And it was personal for me in a way that I just wrote it after an own relationship breakup and maybe that made it a bit harder to write I don't know but it was a tough one it took me a long time yeah but it was worth it in the end yes yes it totally uh, was because it won that Yugo word a bit a bit you know um, surprising I, I never saw that coming I mean I was nominated uh, for Yugo's two times before and both times I went to the Hugo ceremony. The one was in, uh, it was in San Antonio, Texas. The other one was in London. Um, and I didn't win. And I thought this time, you know, let's not bother. It's in, you know, it was in, um, in Washington State in the United States. And I thought, let's not bother because I won't win anyway. But then I did, so. 
yeah, it was a nice surprise. So how disciplined are you when it comes to writing? Do you have a set process? I know you've been waking up every day at seven o'clock, except today, but every day at seven o'clock. So you do obviously have some sort of schedule. You set this for yourself. Do you set yourself deadlines? Do you, you know, set yourself word counts? How do you do it? I want to aim for a certain word count every day. Um, I am usually when, when I'm in when I'm in a book. I'm very disciplined. I can write for days in a row. I can write. I usually write then about you know two thousand words a day or something. Um, and I do it quite disciplined. I have an internet blocker that blocks all social media and stuff like that, which is right. handy <laughs> um, uh, to avoid distractions. But um, no, that works quite well. But then I also said that um, there. Are quite big gaps in between two novels for instance or even in between book parts because uh, I might lack a little discipline in in actually pushing through I, I'm not one of those writers that writes every day except Christmas you know right <laughs> like I sometimes I wish I would because in the in the you know the speed I write with I could easily write two novels a year but so far I haven't managed that see now we can't have everything no exactly you know? so. <laughs> There's got to be, I mean, there's, I mean, you know, some people need sanity with this. Some people get sanity with the other kind. It's, yeah, everyone's exactly. got their own way. So what's next for you? Hex is either, I mean, by the time this goes up, it'll be, it's out this week, the English version. Uh, yes. Those those of, uh, you know, our Dutch listeners, if we have any, of course, can read uh, the earlier Dutch version as well. But the English version is out this week. Um, the TV series is in production. What's hap- What are you working on now? What's going on? Um, well, first, I'm uh, finishing the new novel I'm working on. It's called uh, Hidden Faces, and it's a pretty scary novel again uh, about a guy who becomes possessed, but uh, not about not by a ghost or by a spirit or by a devil or something, but by a mountain, a force of nature. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm a mountaineer, so I always wanted to write a story about the mountains, and uh, I think this was really cool idea and it, it worked it works out pretty cool so far so i think you'll like that that sounds uh, quite fascinating yeah how yeah, long I mean, am i gonna have to wait to read in english i don't know yet. <laughs> oh <laughs> i think it, there's you know, that it'll... bit right but i don't get to read it for like five years because nothing happens uh, it won't be that long it won't be i hope long. not <laughs> no but i think it, it's really um because possession possession stories are always about you know religion and i thought can you write a possession story that has nothing to do with religion or with belief systems in it but with nature and that's I think that's quite original and I think it works out pretty well in a way what's what's a bigger belief system than nature really yeah exactly um, that that's where it all comes from right you know the the most primordial religions right. say are you know kind of uh, uh, right so and they're very close life earth right so <laughs> well i'm looking forward to that so and also i'm going on a uh, tour through the united states this summer in june and july i'll be visiting cities and bookstores and events talk about hex and sign books and meet readers which is really what i'm looking forward to and probably also in a couple of other countries over um the next year when it comes out in all these different places, probably I'm going to Turkey, I'm going to uh, Brazil, France. Uh, so I really look forward to that. That sounds fantastic. See, now that's how a writer gets out and stays sane, right? 
Exactly. It gets you out of your chair, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, I'm really, really excited for, for Hex and uh, I'm, I'm excited and, and nervous about finishing it tonight. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but hey, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's effective. We'll put it that way, right? For everyone who's listening. I mean that in yeah, the best exactly. of ways. I really look forward if you will be scared by Yemen. <laughs> I will let you know for sure. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you for having me.